Welcome to our bonus podcast. My name is Thalia. I'm one of the pastors on staff at Northview, and I'm joined, of course, by Crystal, pastor of women. Hello. And we have two guests with us. We have Kendra and Sarah. So we're going to have them introduce themselves to get to know them a little bit. And then I'm going to find out all of our favorite coffee shops because I just feel like it this morning. Okay, Kendra, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Kendra Gerbrandt. I uh, live in Abbotsford. I work at Northview. I also have a job at the Abbotsford Regional Hospital. I'm a nurse there as well. Um, so a little bit about that transition. I was, I'm was i a registered nurse uh, for about eight years at the Abbotsford Hospital. Uh, but last year, I decided to quit my full-time job and I was accepted into the Immerse program, which we'll get into talk about that a little bit. So I've been full-time at Northview uh, in, as a pastoral intern working in women's ministry and then I just work and casual. And all over the place. Yeah, and all you over work the place. all over the place at the church. You at the do church Sunday night stuff and mission stuff. And That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. But my umbrella would be women. Yep. And then wherever I'm needed. Nice. Yeah. Okay, Sarah. Yeah. My name is Sarah Friesen. I actually live in Langley. We were in Alder Grove, closer to Abbotsford. That's why we started coming to Northview. Um, but we moved a little bit further back into Langley temporarily. So I'm commuting out here usually three days a week, two, three days a week. I'm also an immersed student. So that makes me a pastoral intern here at Northview. And we will talk about that program. It has a lot of different facets to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I work primarily in the women's ministry, but I also help out in center court. And um, I've got your family, yeah, three kids and a husband. And my kids are in grade seven. My daughter is. And then I have two boys that are in grade five and grade three. Nice. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to get into a few more details in a minute. But first, we have to take a coffee break and talk about our favorite <laughs> coffee shops. I if only we had coffee here. Coffee. That would be so nice. <laughs> I know. Okay, so Crystal, start us off. What's your favorite place to go if you had, you know, a little bit of a leisurely time, an hour or two, maybe with a friend? Um, closest to my place, it's not a Starbucks, is the uh, Click Coffee Bistro down at the bottom of our hill. Um, I live right by the Whatcom Road exit. And I like it because it has this spicy... Um, Spicy ginger chai tea latte. So after about 11 o'clock in the morning, I don't drink coffee. And there probably is lots of caffeine in that one too, but I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's a good option. <laughs> so far, so it I like the spicy you. ginger. It's really ah. good. It's an interesting, different thing to have. So normally I just have coffee, but when I want to go something more different, that is a nice drink. Hmm. Sounds good. Hey, Kendra? Yeah, so my favorite coffee shop would be Old Hand in downtown Abbotsford. And... Yeah, I just love to waste time there, but I don't like <laughs> to waste money. So I often don't go unless it is really, um, yeah, a special coffee date with a friend or once in a while I'll go down to, to study. If I can't get into my headspace um, oh, yeah. at my house, then I'll, sometimes it's nice to change up the environment. And so that's a very comfortable place for me to be. Um, but yeah, I don't often go up by myself just to grab a coffee. So when I go, it's always a treat. So, so I what love, would you order? I love to order a latte then. Okay. Yeah. Just a plain latte, no flavorings or things in there? Yeah, once in a while I like vanilla, but generally I'm pretty plain Jane. Okay. <laughs> Sarah? Well, I have this great little place down the road. It's called Porter's Coffee House. It's in Murrayville, and it's been around for years. Yeah, like, that's a great little place. It's really cool. Yeah. And Leighton and I actually got married in the Murrayville Hall right oh, beside oh, it. Oh, it's right beside it. Yeah. yeah that's so awesome. that's where I'll go and do work. Oh. I'll put my headphones on, find a corner with my laptop, and I'll either order 
some tea that will last me like a couple hours because I keep refilling the pot mm-hmm. or I'll get an Americano. Nice. I have gone from only liking sweet like mochas or caramel macchiatos to a good, uh-huh. strong Americano. No wow. sugar in it? No sugar anymore. Oh my goodness. You're like really yeah, on, just But there. I need a little bit of cream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if I'm going for a treat, I got to say the lemon buns at Duft are mm. amazing. That's what I hear. Yes. Mm. That's my treat. But if I'm just going to go work and have a coffee, it's a really a great place. I'll meet friends there and yeah. So Good. quick aside, why are coffee shops places to work? Why don't you work at your house? Oh, <laughs> well, the reason I don't work at my house when I'm studying is because I just get distracted when I see all the things that I need to do. The yeah. list on the counter or I don't know, I got to start dinner. I got to do a, a load of laundry. There's just I get a little distracted. I do have a desk upstairs in our bedroom and I can stay pretty focused up there. Mm. Um, a lot of times I do end up working in the living room when the kids are around and I don't get an enough done so it's good if I remove myself from that environment Mm. Mm -hmm. well I love going for coffee I don't get to go as often as I'd like but I love going for coffee so if we're just talking about caffeine in the morning I will hit the Tim Hortons drive-thru you guys all know that (laughs) (laughs) absolutely but if I'm going special then I really like a Marty because it's close to my house it's a nice one yeah tea or coffee I'm happy to go to Starbucks happy to go to Old Hand and there's one opening in Mission that I keep hearing about called The Penny yeah so I want to go check that out yeah Yeah. what's your what's your Tim's order it would just be uh, coffee with one cream and I like lattes a coffee single is that what they call Uh it All right. yeah it's funny when people order like a triple triple and I'm like, wow, Ooh, that's like yeah. a coffee smoothie or that something. Is so sweet. your spoon can stand up in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, not for me, but <laughs> okay. So we should tell people a little bit about this immerse program that you mm-hmm. guys are in. Why don't you jump in, either one of you? Give a little detail. Yeah, so in the immerse program, it's um it's a master's program that comes out of Northwest Baptist Seminary. And that seminary is on Axe. Axe is on Trinity Western's campus. So there's a few <laughs> layers there to, to figure out where this is. So Axe is a consortium. That's yeah. part of the word. It's a consortium of a number of different seminaries. denominational seminaries. Yeah. So basically, mm-hmm. Axe is the big umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one location where they all work at and they share office space. Um, but there's five different seminaries from five different denominations. Yeah. And so the Baptist Seminary and the Mennonite Seminary have partnered together. Uh, with Northview so that the Immerse program can can happen in local churches. So we don't go to Northwest Baptist. We don't go to the Axe campus to have classes or anything. It's a program that is exported and it happens in the context of a local church. So we're Immerse students. Um, when we graduate, we'll help you graduate from Northwest Baptist and from the Mennonite Seminary there. But um, But all of our work, all of our learning, all of our um, studying all happens at Northview. So Sarah, why is that an advantage? Um, Well, it's an advantage. I I was actually going to say the whole program is different and it's an advantage because it's a competency-based program. Mm -hmm. You're actually doing a lot of what you're learning and we need a church to be able to do that in. Right. Mm -hmm. So we wouldn't have that advantage if we were going to Northwest Baptist. Right. uh, Or, you know, another seminary somewhere else. any traditional academic semester by semester Mm -hmm. school setting. Yeah, where you, uh, you know, if you did an undergrad, you sign up for your five classes a semester, similar to many master's programs, except for they would already tell you what classes you have to be taking each yeah. semester. Crystal's in the middle of it. She does it at Regent. 
at UBC, and she plugs away at usually one or two a semester. Yeah. Yeah, so, so when I think, like I look at the students that I'm studying with and then mm-hmm. I compare it to you guys, I think what you are doing is super great for people who specifically want to be in pastoral ministry because mm-hmm. you're getting so much on the ground stuff. Uh, people in Regent are being supplied with a lot of the academic scholarly pieces, but they're not getting as much of the on the ground. So if the people graduate wanting to be pastors, you guys have that that experience advantage. Yeah, yeah. Right? They all have to do a, one internship throughout their time, but it's like a 10 hour a week and it's not near to the level of kind of roundedness that mm. you guys have. So there's a different, like, Regent has a lot of great academic pieces, but it, it lacks that. Well, and for you, you're piece. already doing all exactly. the ministry. That's why I thought so for me, I need works. more of the academic yeah. because I and have all the And that's the, the ministry. difference between competency. So yeah. a competence, 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 yes, thank you, <laughs> is really trying to have you do the things that yeah. you've learned. Yeah. Well, because the problem in the past has been people have graduated from a seminary wanting to be pastors, but they've never actually done a funeral or a wedding or done pastoral counseling mm-hmm. right. or been on the ground in a church. And so we had the teaching associate pastor position for a while where people would have graduated from a seminary and then they come and work here for two years to get that on the ground training before they head out to mm-hmm. another church, hopefully. Yeah. Been and the plan. Kendra and I have been here for just over a year now. And our list of things that we've gotten to experience within a big church like Northview is kind of unparalleled for a master's program. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's, it's not even, list. it's like a lot of things you've been able to do, but I think even just witnessing kind of what behind the scenes ministry mm-hmm. is like, yeah. it prepares you for, <laughs> for sure. like just the different <laughs> politics and the yeah. different like things that are going to kind of come up, the hard conversations that you've had to be part of or those kind of things. Like yeah. ministry yeah. isn't just about preaching on Sunday and then going home and putting your feet up the rest of the no, week. There, no. There's so much behind the scenes. Yeah. No. Okay, so let's get into a little bit how you refresh, because Kendra, you work as a nurse and you're an immersed student. So how do you do, what do you do to refresh and re-energize? Yeah, so part of that, I'm, I'm really careful with my calendar to not, I know my limits of too much this week. So if yeah. I get called for a nursing shift and I've just already done, you know, 45, 50 hours, I'm like, I'm done. I can't take that shift. But if I have uh, some flexibility to move things to the next week, then I, then I might. So I'm to partly refreshing as I'm learning to say no, yeah. uh, which is which is really good because then it gives me some of that space and that time. Um, but even just in the normal week to week, I I love to be active. And so I'm often at the pool. I love to swim. I find that that's really, um, I just feel so good after, after yeah. a swim. It just helps me clear my mind. And I love to be outside. So sometimes I'll, I'll cycle to work. I'll come, I'll cycle, ride my bike to Northview. And that's just, it doesn't seem like it's out of the routine, but yep. it just helps me, yeah, refresh. And just, there's this joy that I get when I'm outside breathing fresh air. I like to hike. So this summer, I only had about four days off in a row over my summer break because I used my entire school break to work at the hospital. So those four days I went away, um, I did the house on crest and I was literally gone for 36 hours. It wasn't a long time, but I came back home feeling like I had been gone for a month. Mm. It, I worked so hard. I was so exhausted. I saw you were so, so many. Sore. I was yeah. like, physically, I was not refreshed, but emotionally and mentally, <laughs> yeah. it was like, I felt like I was on another planet. It wow. was just so exciting. So that's still, I'm still a little bit riding that wave because it was probably one of the hardest things I've done. And I'm just, it was just, yeah. I'm so proud of myself. I have to say, you don't just <laughs> casually swim and casually run and casually bike. Like, <laughs> That's true. Kendra is training when she does this. Yeah. Yeah, but not all the time. No. Right now, I'm not training. Okay. So really, my 15-minute cycle to work, it's just, I don't sweat. I just putz along. I don't care how long it takes okay. me. 
but yeah, so I like to do triathlons. And so if I'm training for a race, then, then I'll generally spend, I don't know, an hour a day doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. Okay, Sarah. So how do you refresh? You've got a family and a nurse. Yeah. So my kids are a little bit older now and we do have a little bit more free time ish. I don't know. You know, one of the things that we've been really uh, blessed with is being able to have a cabin at Shuswap Lake. And Mm. that is kind of our refresh spot. Um, Whether we have friends up with us or we just go up with our own family, we play lots of board games. I love board games. So Scrabble. Mm-hmm. Bananagrams. I've got quite a few different variations of different games you can use playing with Scrabble tiles, like not <laughs> the actual Scrabble yeah. game, like speed games yeah. with words. I love that. Um, and I just like, I actually like doing yard work when we're there, getting outside mm-hmm. and, you know, finding all the scrap wood and burning it and just being outside and getting something done. Um, yeah. You know what? With three kids and a husband that travels quite a bit for work, I, I don't feel like I'm I'm missing out on what people often call me time. Okay. But I don't really have a lot of time for hobbies and stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair Some enough. of my interests end up being what the kids are into. Like my daughter loves to do watercolor painting. So then we do that. And yeah. the boys just got into felting. Have you ever heard about felting? No. With you, wool? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then you like jab it down into styrofoam and you make shapes and characters Weird. and people with it. Huh. Yeah. So I made my first... Yeah pretty heart the other day the boys were like wow mom that's really good and they're making like star wars characters (laughs) and yeah you got the heart that's i got the heart i think that's one of the neat things about refreshing is it doesn't have to be that you totally escape your routine of life no like sometimes i find dinner is just super exhausting to make but sometimes if i have a little extra time i go right back to the basics and i want to like make homemade pasta and i actually find that in the normal ebb and flow of life that's a refreshing Mm -hmm. moment yeah like i like baking from scratch not often that I make the time for that, but I don't have to carve out a whole day or a whole week to get away and do that. Just find little things that you're like, this is fun right now. Having a a good talk with some close friends, I find totally refreshing. Mm -hmm. While the kids are playing and you kind of just hear from their heart and what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is what it's about. Yeah. (laughs) So you guys are in your second year of Immerse. Mm -hmm. So Crystal and I want to talk with you and we'll add in about what has surprised you about being part of church ministry. So we're going to actually start with Crystal. So you have time to think about that. But Crystal, what has surprised you since being here on staff at Northview about church ministry? I think I've just been surprised at how quickly you can get kind of bogged down with ministry details and not pay attention to individual people. And so that's been something that's been on my heart a lot lately. I've been reading through um, the book of Philemon every day for this month. I've been reading a pastoral epistle every day for a month for the last year, just kind of as an exercise. And that book is just so much about the personal relationships we have. Mm. And I think I've been surprised at how quickly you kind of get into planning ministries and programs and um, forget that individual relationships with people is really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a good balance for me to kind of try and keep in mind. Mm. Okay, Kendra, what surprised you about church ministry? Yeah, I think coming into church ministry, I thought it really was all about the people. So the thing that surprised me is a little bit more the organizational and the office side of things. So at Northview, we have an open concept office, and I have been so surprised how distracting that is for me. <laughs> I think I'm a person that has really great focus and determination, and even with my headphones on, I see people walking, and I'm like, where are they going? What are they doing? Like, yeah. it just... I, yeah, it's very distracting and I was not expecting that. And so how then do you focus and get your work done so that you can actually be present and, 
and do the ministry alongside people and with them and for them. Um, but you need that time to prepare for that. And mm-hmm. so that's been, that's been yeah. something that surprised me. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Cause I'm sitting there sometimes by myself and then you come and sit down and I'm like, Oh, Kendra's here. I can <laughs> talk to her. <laughs> I'm not meaning to be disruptive, no. but just the fact that someone's there. It's, yeah. Yeah. Totally. What has surprised me? Yeah. Haley is looking at me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? This is my second church that I've worked in. And I've also worked in Christian schools as a teacher. And I still get kind of trapped in the Christian bubble oh. where basically I can go for a long time only talking to and being around Christian people. And you realize how quickly you forget about the people who aren't Christians or right. the people who work in more of a mm-hmm. secular mm-hmm. kind of job setting, and setting. Yeah. yeah. And so I do have this group of women that I meet with somewhat regularly and they're not Christians. And that has been really good to kind of ground me and be like, mm-hmm. okay, not the whole world does things the way our whole staff does at mm-hmm. Northview. Right. So that it's kind of been a surprise that I kind of got into that again. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I would. You thought you learned <laughs> that lesson already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we always think we're further along than yeah. we are. Oh, shoot. Need that like, reminder yeah, again. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Thalia? Yeah. I just thinking six years ago, I was sitting in the chairs and I would never have thought that I would be in this position to mm-hmm. be in the care department working with my counseling degree. So. I am really surprised when I used to sit in the chairs, you'd come to church and enjoy everything they had to offer. And I'd visit with my friends and I'd go home. And I did not realize how much time and effort and planning is going Mm. on behind the Mm -hmm. scenes, how much time is put into the format of a service. And now like down to the minutes, this takes two minutes and this takes three minutes. And I never gave that a thought Hmm. as to why they did three songs before the sermon or two songs or how are you going to fit in communion in there or all of the different programs. I had no idea how much, you know, how many meetings go behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So that's a surprise to me. I think I'm also surprised by, of course, because I meet with people and hear their stories. I'm surprised by the variety of stories we have at Northview. Mm -hmm. A lot of people walk in the door and think that we all have it together and we all have a certain life. And I'm thinking, no, we come from such a wide Mm -hmm. variety of ages and backgrounds and histories. And there is just every kind of story you can imagine, every kind of positive or negative story. I call it muck, but you know, all of that, it's, Mm -hmm. it's just completely surprising to me. Yeah. And the, the, when we have, um, we have people sitting around tables at our Bible studies, and so the table leaders uh, each week will send out emails and prayer requests um, from what are going on at their tables, and they CC me in it just so that we kind of stay in the loop. And I totally agree, the same kind of thing, like the amount of stuff that everybody is carrying, whether it's yeah. personally or for a friend or for a yeah. loved one, like there's just a lot of cares and concerns that people have, a lot of different issues that they're walking through. Like mm-hmm. it's such a range lots of backgrounds yeah like some people actually have never been to church before yeah yeah and for them to come to bible study is so huge yeah yeah and i don't know if the majority of people who have grown up in the churches are are always aware of that no because i was fooled last year i was sitting at a table and my whole table was older than me much older 60s and 70s and a new lady came to our table who was also older, and I automatically made the assumption that she'd been a Christian for a long time. Well, it became very apparent within that hour Mm -hmm. that she asked about this term and that term, things that if you'd been a Christian for a long time, you would know these terms. And then I got the story that she was actually only new to the faith within a year or two. And all of a sudden you have to recalculate your table and you have to explain things in a new way. And it caught me off guard again Mm -hmm. that I can't make assumptions because people come from such a Mm -hmm. different background. Yeah, totally. Anything else you want anyone to add, Ed, about that? 
Yeah, no, I just, yeah, that's one of the things that surprised me too, is just the different levels of understanding mm -hmm. and comprehension and then knowing how to bridge it. Yeah. Because it's so easy to get caught up in our own lingo and think that oh, everyone knows how to find Romans 2. Yeah. And then realize mm -hmm. actually people don't know how to find where Romans is and what 2 means and what the colon means after the 2 and yeah. what the, which is yeah. a chapter and which is a verse. And, yeah. and that if we don't kind of guide them along that, they feel that they're stupid and shouldn't be here. Like yeah. there's all yeah. these layers yeah. that people go to if they don't under, all of a sudden understand the culture that we are they're being placed into as they walk into a room. Yeah. And so it's coming to that understanding of how can we be a welcoming place for people who have never heard any of this before. Well, I'm on stage most Saturday nights as the MC, and I used to feel really dumb about introducing myself every mm. week. You know, if you're new or you're a guest, my mm -hmm. name is Thaley. I'm one of the pastors on staff. It's my little saying. And I used to feel dumb about that. And exactly. then I realized, oh my goodness, every week there are new people and there are people who are guests. Yeah. And they actually are, don't know you. No, and, and they, they are put the at ease by knowing who that person is on yeah. stage. And that we're expecting guests. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like if exactly. we just assume that everybody knows who everybody is, we have you're giving them this attitude of, well, we're not really expecting that there's going to be anybody yeah, here that doesn't an know insider us. club and you're yeah. really not part of it. Yeah. yeah. So we, we want to be ready for people who don't know anything about Christianity yeah. and have never stepped inside a church before. Yeah. So that's been a surprise for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we also have two questions from listeners this past week. And because we have Kendra and Sarah here, I thought this was the perfect time to ask them. <laughs> So, yes, we are fully using them. <laughs> That's okay. With permission. With permission. <laughs> it's all good. And they have had a chance to think about these questions. But a question I get often, and it's a question that came up again this week, is about singleness. And so Kendra's here. She's single. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to give this question to her. The question often comes to me is, is it okay to pursue a boyfriend or a husband, to do online dating, to ask for referrals from a friend, to join another young adult group? Like people often think maybe it's holier if I just let God bring the person to me and I don't actually do any pursuit of anything. Right. So Kendra, as a single person, can, can you add into this? Right. So I don't think my voice is the authority on this, but my thoughts are, yeah, it's totally okay to, to have those desires and to, to use the means um, that we have online dating. Like it's okay to pursue. It's okay to notice someone and go up and talk to them, ask them for coffee um, so what I, have you done in this area? What have I done in this area? Like, have you pursued Ooh, online dating or getting personal? <laughs> I asked permission beforehand. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't been online dating. I've thought about it. I have been encouraged by many people to do this. <laughs> and I think it's, it's great. I have a lot of friends who have done it. I actually have one friend who I really admire. And she's been online dating um, for years. She'll go on. She'll set a time. I'm going to do this for three months. She'll go have a lot of coffee dates with people, meet them in person, and then nope, just it's not the right thing. So she, then she'll go off for some months. And so she's really careful to not let it turn into an obsessive thing or a am constantly feeling rejected by this. It's just she's very um, relaxed in her approach with it. But we're different personalities. And so for me, I have thought, I haven't tried it, so I don't know, but I'm not really willing to, to do this experiment on myself okay. to see how obsessed would I be? Right. Would I feel that every single day when I come home, I have to check and every, right. I'm always having to, to look and notice. And yeah, I just, it feels like so much work for me. And I'm, I would be a little bit nervous about how, um, this good desire to maybe be in a relationship would turn into an obsession mm -hmm. and I don't want it to turn into an obsession. So I know like with things with Pinterest, you can go on for a bit, but it can turn into, I'm jealous that they have that house. Or yeah. I wish my house was different. And 
I don't really want to open up that door to be discontent with the position that God's put me in. Right. And so, yeah, I'm very willing. I'm very, um, yeah, willing to meet new people. I go to new places. I, I'm quick to introduce myself. I'm friendly to strike up conversations. So I don't live in a hole. I don't sit and wait for someone to knock on my door. Like that would be silly. My living room here, God. Totally. Yeah. Just that I don't think is a wise approach, but I also, yeah, don't think that always going out and always being on the hunt, being on the lookout, being, I need to find someone. And then this, this desperation, I think can be tricky, but I don't think being online puts you in that desperation camp. Okay. Just like I don't think talking to people puts you there either. So let me throw some, <clears throat> let me throw something in mm-hmm. again and have you guys add to it. Yeah. The other thing I get from people is they'll say, okay, so I can't find anyone at Northview. Hmm. Maybe I should go to the village church or list another church. They'll say it. Let's add, talk about that a little bit. What are the positives to that? And what are the cautions we would put around simply hopping to another church to find someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How do well, you start, Kendra? Yeah, I think um, we need to meet people. Like people need to meet people. And so I don't think that going to um, a community group or a, a young adults group to meet people is necessarily a bad thing. I would say we need to check our heart motives. Like we're going to a church event. We should probably have a heart um, to actually be present in what's what's happening, worship mm-hmm. the Lord. Um, but where else are you going to meet people? There's venues, there's online, there's bars, there's Mm -hmm. clubs. So there's church. It could be a really great, healthy venue to meet people. And if you're not meeting people your age or who are single in your own church, I would say maybe it's not a bad thing. I would talk to other people, not make that decision in isolation. But my caution would be, are you jumping from event to event Mm -hmm. to event just because you're looking for a partner? Because I really do think that we need community to grow and yeah. we need long-term commitments in places. So my commitment is to Northview. So if I don't meet anyone at Northview, I'm not going to jump ship because Northview didn't provide me with right. a spouse. I think that's the wrong expectation about what church is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because well, sometimes another thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thing I think I'd add is, uh, I totally agree with what you said, is if you are deciding that that's something you want to do, check out the church itself first. Like, oh, yes. Make sure it's yeah. a good church. Not that necessarily, I mean, everyone that goes to Northview doesn't believe the same thing. We can have people with all kinds of wonky beliefs anywhere, but you kind of want to know what the church stands for yeah. before yeah. you go there. Mm-hmm. So don't just go anywhere mm-hmm. to find a mate. And don't just show up once and expect no. to find the person. I think if you're going to go somewhere else, you need to invest in that community mm-hmm. because you don't Long actually term. know. Yeah. yeah, you don't know if the person, the other people showing up are simply claiming a label, but not actually living out a Christian life. But maybe they've just jumped to that church to try and yeah. meet someone. Like You have to invest in that community yeah. to get to know the people there would be my caution. Yeah, I think another caution would be that just because you meet them at church doesn't mean they're a Christian. No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right? Like there, if you if you step back and look over the last 20 to 25 years in the lower mainland, there have been pockets of explosive growth of young adult communities, and that attracts more young adults and more young adults. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of pinpoint some of these churches that have had that. And it actually attracts people outside of the church too, which can be an amazing thing if they're there to hear the gospel and their lives are changed forever. But some of them are really only there to find mm-hmm. somebody to date. Yeah. So be careful about that too, I yeah. think. And I would say, don't just go and get involved in that one group. Get involved mm-hmm. in the life of the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because as a 
a Christian, as someone who wants to pursue Christ, be a disciple, a follower of Christ, you need more than just one group of friends. You need the body of Christ around you. So if you're going to go to a new group, I'd say get involved in the church, become known by many kinds of people. Totally. Mm -hmm. Because eventually you age out of these groups too. Like a lot of these young adult groups now have age limits. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so what happens when you turn 28 and the group only went till 27 and you don't Mm -hmm. know anybody else, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 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 And think, don't, don't think that it stops with young adults. Like we, we have had singles groups at Northview where people have come looking for a mate too. And they're not necessarily Christians either. And they're older people too. So it's a, it's a caution all the way along. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have a question for Sarah on prayer. So the other question we get for, from people is, do I need to know the details of a prayer request in order to pray for it? So you're saying somebody asks, like, so somebody asked Sarah to pray for my marriage, but I'm not going to tell you any of the details about it, but can you still pray? Right. Yeah. That's kind of the thing. Yeah. yeah that kind of, yeah. Mm. Well, I would say, yes, of course we can still pray. Um, I have heard it being presented in a way that can sound gossipy and secretive. Like, oh, can you pray for my friend? I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure her husband's cheating on her, but just pray for them anyways. And maybe talk to her. You might get a bit more information. Like when it comes in this gossipy Mm. kind of juicy secret, like we got to get more info. I would be cautious as to just the whole conversation and the motivation and intent behind it. Mm. But if somebody is asking for prayer, I don't think you need any details. I think you can just you can just pray. And the Bible actually teaches us how to do this. Paul, in a lot of his letters, will introduce himself and then he will pray. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking about a few of these verses, Kendra. Yeah, said, so there's a few like Colossians and Ephesians. Yeah. If you just go to chapter one of Colossians or chapter one of Ephesians, you can read an example of Paul's prayer for those churches. And that can be a really great way if you have been given a prayer request and you don't know what to pray for, you can pray these kinds of things for for that person. Yeah. Paul prays that people would know God more. He prays that they would love God more, that Mm -hmm. they would understand the riches of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. One verse that I really love is in Ephesians 6, verse 18, and it says, And pray with the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Mm -hmm. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So we don't need all the information at all. One of the things I've done at my tables over the years of being a table facilitator or table leader is a lot of times women really want to have people pray for them, but they will spend a long time talking about what they want Mm -hmm. prayed for them. And then your time's up and you actually haven't prayed. Um, You do learn more about these women and you can go home and pray for them. It doesn't mean that, you know, all is lost. But one thing that I've found helpful is to just have people write down their prayer request. And you know what? If their aunt has breast cancer and they just had an appointment, they're going to have another appointment. They have all these details. I will just say, you know what? Let's just pray for your aunt. You might write down breast cancer. You might not. But the Bible also tells us that the spirit helps Mm -hmm. and the spirit will pray for us to God because the spirit knows the will of God and he knows all the details. And I had read this article that Francis Chan wrote. He spoke at the gospel coalition. And one of the things he ended with was that the Holy spirit's prayers for us are always answered because they are always according to the will of God. Mm -hmm. I thought Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Like every time we pray, we might not be praying for the thing that's best for us. Or we might not be praying for the thing that's best for our friend or the person that's asked for the prayer request, but the Holy Spirit is in there and changes it according to God's will. 
it's so amazing. Hmm. I often think, too, of our elder meetings. People come to be prayed for by the elders once a month. And when we do that, I'm almost at every elder meeting, we simply get an overview from the person as to what they're dealing with. Is this a marriage issue? Is this a health issue? And we might get a few things like back pain mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we don't spend a lot of time on the story because mm-hmm. that could take a long time. Yeah. We simply put them in the hands of God. We yeah. pray Psalm 139 that God knows them. He knows everything about their body and yes. the details that are going on. And so we also don't want it to be a gossip session. It's simply a chance to pray. And or a counseling mm-hmm. session. No, not a counseling session. There is a time for, for that. that. Yeah. But this is a time for prayer. Yeah. Yeah. So just be reassured if you ever come to pray with the elders, they're not going to know every detail about your situation, nor do they have to. They're going to bring you before God. Yeah. And what I find is so interesting, when we think about praying that people would grow in the knowledge of God, but they're going through something like, let's say Sarah's example with breast cancer, wouldn't the knowledge of God actually help you in that situation? Yeah. Like we can pray about the details and God is a God of the details, but but he's also a God beyond the details. He's and a healer. He's sovereign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the more we know of his character and the more our hearts are dead on him, we will better be able to navigate those details and those fears and those worries in our lives as they come up, no matter what the situations are. So mm-hmm. it's not like a, I'm just going to toss this blanket prayer over things. It's like this actually is such a deep, effective, powerful way to pray yeah. for whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't we close then with prayer? Kendra, would you mind closing in prayer for our listeners and for ourselves? Absolutely. Lord, we're thankful for this time together to talk about some pretty practical things about uh, being single and how do you find um, a a potential spouse? Uh, How do we pray for our friends when we don't know the details? God, we thank you that you are all wise, that you are all good, you're all loving. And um, as we continue to, uh, this isn't the end of these conversations. I'm sure they're going to spark more conversations Mm -hmm. in in the lives of our listeners. So, I pray for good friends and good communities that they'd be able to have these conversations and that we continue to seek your way and your will as we um, walk uh, walk these situations out and as we want to be followers of you. So Lord, would you bless our listeners? Um, would you bless us as we go on in the rest of our days, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. 